Good morning and welcome to Midway. We are so thankful that you're here today. Appreciate so much you coming out on this beautiful Lord's Day. We want you to know that you're always welcome here at Midway. and We would love to get to know you better if you're one of our guests today. Appreciate again so much your being here. As we begin our lesson this morning, I need to ask you a simple question. What do blessings and needs have in common? Now, somebody might say, I know that one, preacher. I've got that one. It is a blessing not to have a knee that hurts. Or it's a blessing, you know, after I had that knee surgery and, and I got through with all of the therapy and everything, I'm blessed now because it didn't hurt. It doesn't hurt like it used to hurt. Somebody said that's what it means to, when, when we ask about blessings and needs. Well, no, that's not exactly what I have in mind. Whenever we think about the word blessing, the Old Testament word translated blessed is related to the knee. It comes from the word from which we get the word knee, and it has to do with a person who's kneeling in humble position before God. A Jewish writer by the name of Professor Brian Tice explained something about the, the Hebrew word that's translated blessed. Mr. Tice says that it that it conveys the idea of being strengthened of our weakness being compensated for with God's strength. And Ty says that since the knee is the weakest or at least one of the weakest parts of the body, a blessing from God empowers us to be able to do what is not within our natural capabilities to do. I don't know who came up with the word knee and the word blessed and said that they are related, but one thing I'm sure of, I am thankful for the blessings that we have. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, we understand that God created everything, and in that particular section he says that he created man in his own image, male and female, created he them. But do you remember the next thing that he says? The next thing that the Bible says that Moses records for us after the Bible says that God created them, the Bible says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. If you go over to chapter 5 of the book of Genesis, chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says this is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female created he them. Watch this. Very next thing it says. And he blessed them and named them man when they were created. Aren't you so thankful this morning that when God created man, God created woman, that God blessed his creation? And every one of us who's here today have been blessed by God. That's the title of our lesson this morning, Blessed by God. If we trace that, that, that phrase through the Old Testament, it's used a few times. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, at verse number 9, the Bible simply says, And God blessed Noah and his sons. If you go to the book of Genesis, chapter 24, at verse number 1, the Bible says, And the Lord had blessed Abraham... The Lord had blessed Abraham. If you go to the book of Genesis chapter 25, at verse number 11, the Bible says, After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac his son. And God continues to bless his people today. God continues to bless you and continues to bless me today. This week we celebrate what we call Thanksgiving Day, and in 
relation to that, we want to think about the blessings of God today and having been blessed by Him. And there's three basic things, three main topics that we want to cover this morning briefly and to think about. Number one on our list this morning is simply this. Sometimes God's blessings involve physical and material things. It involves stuff. It involves people. And so when we look at it, sometimes God's blessings involve physical and material things. I want us to understand, like like Noah and like Abraham and like Isaac, God blessed another man who was of the patriarchs, a man by the name of Job. And we think about Job and, and all of the troubles that he went through, but... Maybe sometimes we don't think about the blessings that Job had. I want you to look at the book of Job, if you have your Bible this morning, chapter number 1. And let's look down to verse number 10, where Satan is accusing Job before God. And these are the words of Satan. But even though Satan is a liar, he didn't lie on this occasion. He told the truth. And I want you to look at what he said in regard to Job. The Bible says in verse 10 of Job chapter 1, Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands. And his possessions have increased in the land. At least in that part of what Satan said about Job, he was telling the truth. He said, you have blessed the work of his hands. His possessions have increased in the land. We're talking about the idea of God's blessing sometimes taking the form of the physical and the material. I want us to look at that word possessions in that passage, verse number 10, that word possessions. If you were to look up the word in its original language and not look it up in in an English dictionary, but if you were to look it up in a Hebrew dictionary, you would find that that word literally means cattle, his cattle. And 61 times in the Old Testament, it's not translated cattle, it's translated simply livestock. And so what he says about his possessions is that his livestock did something. But what did his livestock do? Look at, the, again, the passage. It says that his possessions increased in the land. That word increased is interesting too. The word increased means literally to break through, to break through. And so the picture that Satan is painting of Job and his cattle, his livestock, is that they had broken through, as it were. They were spreading in every direction on the face of God's earth. They were multiplying. He was becoming richer and richer in cattle. His livestock, his his herd, all of those things continued to grow. He continued to measure his wealth by those things. And so God God was doing that for him. He was blessing him in those things. But notice also that prior to talking about his possessions increasing throughout the land, that Satan says about Job that God had blessed the work of his hands had blessed the work of his... What does he mean by that? Blessing the work of its hands. Again, that's interesting too. If we were to trace that phrase and begin thinking about what it is that Satan is talking about, Job, uh, we might even go back to Noah. And, and to the very beginning of his life, when Noah is given, given a name by his father Lamech, 
Noah's given the name Noah, but why is he given the name Noah? Well, according to what we find in the book of Genesis chapter 3 at verse 17, or Genesis chapter 5 at verse 29, the Bible says, And called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. You see, it seems that whatever the name, the name that Lamech was giving his son Noah, he's connecting that name to Genesis chapter 3 at verse 17 where God had cursed the land and that men would labor by their hands or with their hands to grow the things that we have. How many of you have ever worked in a garden? I remember doing that when I was a child. And I thought that was one of the most horrible things that a person had to do, was get out there and work in the garden. And you know what? I sort of enjoy it now. It's a lot different than it was back then. And yet, as I think about that, you know, I think about that curse that God placed upon by the work of our hands, by the sweat of our brow, we're going to earn the living. But as we think about what is being said here, it seems that this connection is, is made. The idea seems to be that not only did Job flourish in his herds, his livestock, but even the ground that he was tending, that he was uh, uh, farming, it also produced and produced well. That seems to be the idea behind what is said here. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Psalm 128, at verse number 2, You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. There's our phrase again. And again, it's connected there with the things that were growing. And so, uh, I'm behind here. You need to put that word cattle in on your thing. And then we need to go to Job's crops grew and his harvest was plentiful. His crops grew. Now think about that in relation to another man that we read about in the Bible. <clears throat> in the book of Luke chapter 12, we read about a man who uh, needed to tear down his barns and build bigger barns because the land, his produce was producing. His, uh, everything was growing and he needed a place to store his grain. And, and Job seemed to be like that too. God continued to bless him. But there's a big difference between Job and the rich man that we read about in the book of Luke chapter 12. Unlike the rich man of Luke chapter 12, Job never forgot that God was the giver. Never forgot that God was the giver. And, and even when he lost his stuff, we know according to what the book of Job chapter 1 verse 21 says, Job still remembered it. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through everything through which he went, Job recognized God is the blesser. God is the one who had given all of the things that he had grown in his fields and all of the cattle and the herds of every kind that he had. God was the one who had given. God sometimes blesses us with the material and the physical blessings of life. We all know that Job lost it all, don't we? We, we know the story. We've read the story of Job uh, a, a lot of times and heard it spoken about, but 
Do you remember going to the end of the book of Job, chapter number 42, what the Bible says there? In Job chapter 42, down in verse number 12, or or, uh, I guess you back up to, uh, uh, yeah, verse number 12. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job. There's our term again. There's what we're talking about, God blessing. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a thousand female donkeys. Again, the blessings there are connected with the possessions, with the cattle, with the livestock. The things that Job lost, they were restored twofold. If you remember reading the book of Job. God, again, is said there to bless Job with all of these things. The Lord blessed him. But not only did God bless him, Job, with physical and material things from the standpoint of cattle, God blessed Job with a family, did He not? He blessed Job with a family. They had seven sons and three daughters, we know at the beginning of the book. Unfortunately, we know that He had to bury them all, along with their spouses. And that's a hard thing for a parent to do. I've never experienced it, but I've stood by the sides of some who have. It is a very, very difficult time to have to do that. And Job had to bury his entire family except for his wife, all of his sons and his daughters. But again, as we come to the end of the book, they're not replacements, but they're additional blessings that God gives him because, again, in the book of Job, chapter 42, verses 13 and 14, we read about Job again having a A family, and this time again, we read about him having seven sons and three daughters. The Bible says, uh, continuing on there in verse 14, And he called the name of the first daughter Jemima, the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Huppick. Uh, And he goes on and tells us about these daughters. And in all the land there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. You see, the daughters were likely named uh, here and, and, and connected with uh, the giving of the inheritance. They, they had a standing beside their brothers and they were being given all of these things. And, and uh, they received that inheritance. Every one of them received it. Why? Because God had blessed Job so much that he had enough to bless the entire family with the other things that he had. But again, he had a family. And you know what? Job didn't have ugly kids either. Do you remember what the Bible said? That Job's daughters were some of the most beautiful in the land? When God blesses us, He he doesn't just half do it. The physical beauty, it's not everything. We understand that. But here, it's listed as an asset and a benefit given by God when He restored the loss that Job had sustained. And it indicates the goodness of God and His giving to Job. As we think about it, He was blessed with that. We know there are other passages of Scripture that talk about the blessings of family. In the book of Proverbs chapter 19 at verse 14, the Bible says, "...house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is a gift from the Lord." 
In the book of Psalm 127, verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb a reward. And so as we look at it, families are blessings from God. God is blessing us with uh, physical and material things, with, with people in our lives. But you know what? Not only did God bless Job with a family, He blessed Job with a long life. He blessed him with a long life. Look at Job chapter 42 again, verses 16 and 17. And after this, after all those hard, bad things that Job went through, after all this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons four generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. Uh, some have suggested that Job was somewhere uh, probably around 200 years old or so when he passed away. And it's not necessarily the, the length as, uh, as 200 years in relation to men like uh, uh, Methuselah. Uh, that's really nothing, isn't it? Because Methuselah lived 969 years. But I want you to notice what else the Bible says in, in regard to these days. In years in which Job lived, the Bible says that he died full of days. The word full, that's translated full, means abounding. Now think about what the Bible says here and compare that, contrast it with what Job said in Job 14 verse 2, or 1. In Job 14 verse 1, the Bible says, Man who is born of woman is of few days and full of troubles, a few days and full of trouble. But you see, God made Job's days full, abounding, not just few. And so, in contrast to what Job was thinking, God had blessed him even more. Alexander McLaren, in his commentary on Job, says, that this idea, this concept of being full of days means to be satisfied with life, having exhausted its possibilities, having drunk it a full draught, having nothing more left to wish for. The words point to a calm close, a calm close with all desires gratified, with hot wishes stilled, with no desperate clinging to life, but a willingness to let it go because all which it could give, had been attained. That's what it is to have a full life, being full of days. And so God's blessings sometimes take the form of the physical and the material. But when we think about God's blessings, they also involve responsibilities, don't they? God's blessings involve responsibility. Dwayne read this morning from uh, the book of Genesis in regard to Isaac. And I've already stated this morning that in, I, in uh, Genesis chapter 25, the Bible says that God blessed Isaac. But as we think about what was read to us from Genesis chapter 26, uh, we're reminded of the fact that there was a famine in the land, according to the book of Genesis chapter 26, and Job went over to the land of the Philistines. And there was a king of the Philistines, Abimelech, who was there. And we know that while he was there, that, Job, that Isaac, that he continued to grow in wealth. 
that he continued to become a great man himself. And so as the Philistines looked at him, they were jealous of him, and they, they began to fear him, and so they asked him to leave, to leave town, to take what he had and to go. And a little bit later, it seems, Abimelech and two others came to Isaac as he had gone out away from the, from the city, and they began to want to make a peace treaty with him so that he, he had come down and yet he had grown so mighty that an entire nation had become afraid of him. And they wanted to make that, that uh, peace treaty with him. And, and again, notice what is said in Genesis chapter 26. When they come to him, they acknowledge, they say, You are now the blessed of the Lord. They acknowledged that God had blessed Isaac. But you know what? As we see that blessed of the Lord, he had a reaction to them. He asked them about, well, did, did you not drive me out? Did you, did you not run me off? And indeed, really, they had. But you know what Isaac was willing to do, even with the blessings that God had given him? Well, that was found for us in verse number 30. He made them a feast. They ate and drank. In the morning, verse 31, they rose early and exchanged oaths. And Isaac sent them on their way, and they departed from him in peace. You see, they were now fearful of Isaac. They needed to come to him and try to make peace with him so that he would not take everything that he had and the people he had and attack them and take away what they had. What is my point? Well, Isaac, he made a peace treaty with them. And he fed them. He sent them away in peace. What did Isaac not do? Well, Isaac was willing to forgive and not hold a grudge against the Philistines in spite of what they had done to him. He was willing to do that in the midst of his blessings that God had given him, strength likely above that of the Philistines at that time. The blessings demanded at this point in world history that Isaac... Forgive these people and not hold a grudge. Charles Spurgeon, a denominational writer, wrote this paragraph. Listen carefully. Child of God, if you're now blessed by the Lord, how many of us in here would that not count? Child of God, if you're now blessed by the Lord you will often turn a blind eye towards the offenses of your fellow men. And you will say, God has so blessed me that I can very well overlook any wrongs that you may have inflicted, any harsh words that you have said. I'm now blessed by the Lord. So let bygones be bygones. Child of God, if you're now blessed by the Lord, you will often turn that blind eye. You will let those words go. Those are some, some words that are very important to us. For in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, Jesus said, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. How can I not forgive others? When I myself have received so much grace and forgiveness from God. How can I do that? See, that's a part of the responsibility that we have been given by God. Do you know perhaps someone who's been blessed mightily by God and yet they don't have time to worship Him? They don't have time to praise His name. They don't have time for God. They don't have time to serve God. Good friends, we who are blessed so much must never cease to worship the blesser. Rather than worshiping the blessings that God has given us. God's blessings involve responsibilities. But thirdly this morning and very quickly... God's blessings also involve spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings. Passage that reminds us so well of that is Ephesians chapter 1 at verse number 3. Paul wrote and said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before we go any farther, we need to observe, we need to understand that if we want a blessing from God in the realm of the spiritual, we're going to get that from God. We, we have access to it. We have been blessed by God. But every one of these spiritual blessings are found in Christ. That's what, that's what he wrote. That's what Paul wrote for us, isn't it? Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 3, that every spiritual blessing, where did it come from? He had blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. If we want a spiritual blessing, then we will have to be in Christ in order to have it. When you continue on in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible talks about the blessing of God having chosen us, verse number 4. The blessing of God having adopted us, verse number 5. He, he goes on and he talks about other blessings that, that are in the, in the spiritual realm. He has redeemed us, verse number 7. He has forgiven us, verse number 7. And, and there are additional spiritual blessings that I did not read from that passage. I just pointed out about three or four of them that are there. But looking at those, those are <clears throat> some of the most important blessings that a person could ever have in his or her life, right? I mean, forgiveness of God and adoption by God and redemption by God. All of those things are, are necessary if we want to have eternal spiritual blessings. Or, or, are they not? We've got to have those things, but they're in Christ. They're in Christ. If I were to ask you this morning, how do you get into Christ? What would you tell me? How do you get into Christ? Well, preacher, I think we get into Christ when we 
when we believe in Christ. I believe we get into Him that way. I, I believe, preacher, we get into Christ because I ask Christ to come into my heart. I, I believe we get into Christ, you know, when, when I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Good friends, I would challenge you this morning. Can you give me a Bible verse showing any one of those? You see, when I asked about how to get into Christ, I didn't ask for your opinion, what you thought. I need to know what God said to do for me to get into Christ, right? In the book of Galatians, chapter 3, at verse 27, Paul would say it this way, For as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's a sure way for me to get into Christ. One written down by the Apostle Paul by inspiration of God. You see, what Paul wrote didn't come from himself. It came from the Father. To put our Lord on in baptism. He would also explain in the book of Romans, chapter number 6, that it's there that I meet the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sins? The old song asks. And then it answers, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This morning as we think about wanting spiritual blessings, needing spiritual blessings, God has every spiritual blessing that we would ever need, more than we could ever wish for. And He's willing for us to have them. He wants us to have them. He made it possible for us to have them by sending His Son to live among us and die for us. And then He gave the way by which we are to access those spiritual blessings. The way that we are to get into Christ. Jesus would say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14, verse number 6. The question is this morning, are we in Him? Are we in Him so we can enjoy, have those spiritual blessings? that He wants us to have. If we've never been baptized, we are not in Him. Therefore, we don't have access to the blessings because where are they? They're found only in Christ. As we close our lesson this morning, a man by the name of William Arthur Ward made a statement, wrote a statement, he said, God gave you a gift. He blessed you with, if you will. He gave you a gift of 86,400 seconds today. And then he asked this question. Have you used one of them to say thank you? Have you used one of them to say thank you? Thank you to God. Thank you to others for the blessings that they give you in your life. But more importantly, thank you to God. Again, this week we will celebrate in our nation what we call Thanksgiving.
we could talk about for hours all of the blessings that we have from the Lord. But recognizing this morning that our blessings do come from Him, let us therewith always, every day, be thankful to Him. Maybe you're here this morning and you would be in Christ to have not just physical blessings, but you want the spiritual blessings that God has to offer. And you need to be in Him this morning. Why won't you come? Ask for the things that you need. Be baptized for the remission of sins. If you need to come, do it right now as we stand and as we sing.